0: And welcome, everybody, to The Pod's Honest Truth with David Brody. Hope you're well. Hope you had a great weekend. Uh, Boy, I tell you what, my uh, weekend was scintillating uh, in the age of the coronavirus. On Saturday, I took a walk. So that was exciting. Uh, Sunday, uh, you know what? Let me think. Oh, yeah, that's right. I took a walk. Yeah, so pretty much uh, Saturday, big walk day. Sunday, big walk day. uh, Saturday and Sunday, both big eat days. And that's pretty much what I did over the weekend in the age of the coronavirus. I walked and I ate. And guess what? I think we're going to be doing that for the next 30 days or so because Donald Trump, the president of the United States, if you haven't heard liberals, uh, has decided to uh, shut it all down pretty much uh, for the next 30 days until April 30th. We're going to do this. I mean, uh, this is this is what we're going to do. Federal guidelines suggesting you just kind of, you know, take it easy, stay at home, put on Netflix and um you know, don't go anywhere pretty much. Uh, and so that's the deal. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk about that more as the days uh, and the weeks and, oh, goodness gracious, the months potentially uh, go on. Hey, look, today on the podcast, uh, I, I want to, I'm, I'm going to let you know right now, I'm going to say these two words, okay? And, and I want to warn you, disclaimer right now, I want to warn you, here the, are the words churches and the word stupid. And yes, I'm going to say them in the same sentence. That's right. There are some churches that are being stupid. I'll explain in a moment. Uh, Also on the podcast today, Mike DeWine, the governor of Ohio, had a chance to interview him. You know, he's getting a lot of publicity and a lot of good publicity because before there were any known cases of the virus, uh, the Ohio governor was shutting down a big sports festival in Ohio. And then there were just three cases at one point. And he still, he shut down the entire K-12 school system. So, Mike DeWine getting positive reviews for being out front of this in front of the curve, if you will. And so why exactly uh, did he do that? We'll talk about it with him. I mean, is he prophetic? Is he dabbling in prophecy? Okay, I had to say that. I'm Christian, you know, so we throw in the prophecy word. No, no, no. He's not a prophet. He's not into prophecy, uh, but he is into science, and he's also into a very good team around him, and we'll explain exactly his thinking. Also, by the way, did you know he's a father of eight? That's right. Eight is enough. Go look it up, Gen Zers and Millennials. That's Dick Van Patten, 1977. Eight is enough. Put it into Google and learn a few things. Uh, Once again, if you don't learn about eight is enough, it's fine. It's not going to kill you, but you might want to take a look. Anyhow, father of eight, grandfather of 24, a devout Catholic. So we discuss his faith and how it informed him in terms of this crisis and in essence, his whole life, because he talks about how every life is precious. So Mike DeWine on the podcast today. But before we get to that, we have to, as Billy Joel would say, we have to go to extremes. And I want to talk about a couple of ex- extremes here in this age of the coronavirus and it has to do with houses of worship. First, let's talk about churches. Okay. Now for the majority of churches, call it over 80% of churches, that's that's the some of the figures that, that are out there. Uh, Most folks are shutting it down. The churches are shutting down. People are not going to church. They're going online. They're having a couple people over for Bible study under 10. Great. Knock yourself out. But there are a few churches that are still open for business. This past weekend in Tampa, uh, Pastor Rodney Howard Brown of the River Church 2,500 people there. He says, you know what? Coronavirus, Shimonavirus. I don't care what the virus is. We're going to meet. God's not, or excuse me, the virus isn't going to shut us down and we're not going to shut down our walls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rah, rah, rah. Religious freedom, all of that. You know, hey, give me a break. This is where I'm going to say the words. Here it comes. Stupid churches. As in this one, it's a stupid church. What are they doing? I'm sorry. I I had to say it. I know. I know. I said stupid church in the same sentence. You know what? Uh, Check the Bible. Uh, I, I don't know if that's, if I should even be saying that, but I did. Okay. I said it. Why folks? Look, you know, you have to be smart. God gave you a brain. Okay, so you know can we can we just be smart for another 30 days, maybe another uh, a month or two, whatever it happens to be. but let's not do the selfish thing and potentially infect others. Why? Because this just in, you may have the virus and you don't even know it. So you're going to church and potentially infecting many others. okay? Look this this pastor, Rodney Howard Brown and I'm gonna play some uh, some sound from his church service where he talks about this this past Sunday. But he said the only time the church is going to close is when the rapture is taking place. (laughs) Hilarious. Yeah, okay, well, this just in, most churches are going to close when that happens. Okay, so let's just wait for that. And then I love this line from him. He talked about he has the most sterile building in all of America. This is the quote. I want to read this to you. I kid you not. This is a quote. I'm not making this up. Quote, we brought in 13 machines that basically kill every virus in the place. And if somebody walks through the door, it's like it kills everything on them. If they sneeze, it shoots it down at like 100 miles per hour. What is he, Trump? Anyhow, it neutralizes it. In split seconds, we have the most sterile building in all of America. Oy gewalt. Uh To invoke my Jewish heritage, uh, actually more than Oy Volt. Oy they mirrors okay uh this this is just absolutely ridiculous here is the pastor this past sunday i want you to take a listen
1: and i know that they are trying to beat me up you know of, uh, having the church operational but we are not a non-essential service um you know and just so you know we are totally covered by the law somebody said well, what law are you covered by the first member of the Constitution. Um, not only the right of free speech but the right to uh, a peaceful assembly and to practice what we believe. You know, suddenly we are demonized because we believe that God heals, that the Lord sets people free and they make us out to be some kook. Well I don't, other, other religions, they practice their religion. I mean they're free to do whatever they want to. Are you with me? So we free here in America to worship God free. And, uh, and we believe in laying hands on the sick and they shall recover. And we believe in casting out devils. And we believe that Jesus heals. Let me ask you a question. How many have ever been healed before by the Lord in some way? Okay. So there's been a lot of you know media after me. I, I have nothing to discuss with them because they take everything you say and twist it anyway. So we put all the legalities on our website and as it is, they already twist the stuff. So go ahead, knock yourself out. My encouragement is don't talk to these people because they're not looking for the truth. They're just trying to find an angle to shut the church down. And uh, this is about the gospel of Jesus Christ that it needs to be proclaimed in America at this time. You know, somebody said, Yeah, but you could just go online. You could go online and preach the gospel. Yeah, With Google's algorithms and Facebook, they limited only to Christians. So you're not preaching to sinners. You're just preaching to the choir. So that's a a misnomer. Somebody said, well, we're going to go online. We're going to reach people with the gospel. (laughs) Short of a stray person coming on your site, you're not going to be reaching anybody. So you're smoking crack. (laughs) So that's just like telling yourself that you're actually reaching out when you're not reaching out. You know, we have to reach our city. And last time I checked, you know, I think there's still uh, bottle stores are open in Tampa. Last time I checked, huh? Bottle stores. Um, Medicinal weed places are open. Last time I checked, huh? I believe there's still abortion clinics open in some areas. That's what I heard. Uh, There's stores that are open. Who's ever been to a store this week? Did you see how many people were in there? So then people say, well, they're can come. they going to come to your church and die. Well, I can't, listen, I can't control what people do six and a half days of the week. How do you know where they got the buyers? The last shopping cart you, you <laughs> held. Hello, come on, don't look at me like that, come on. So, you know, so people have people gone totally crazy. And I'm telling you right now, this thing, we've got to pray that God pull us out of this thing quickly. And as the president said, he wants to get everybody body back worshiping God come Easter Sunday. That needs to happen. This thing cannot go on ad infinitum. It is impossible for our nation to be sustained. Impossible. Impossible.
0: Look, I don't know what even to say at this point uh, after hearing that, the pastor talk like that. It's just it's just insane, honestly. Um, let me fact check myself. Yeah, yeah, no, it is insane. I just fact check myself, right? I, look, this is ridiculous that he's even saying any of this. Uh, now, we should point out, <clears throat> excuse me, that in Florida, there is no uh, statewide stay-at-home order. Uh, however, in Hillsborough County, where Tampa is located, there is a, uh, in essence, a safer at-home order and that non-essential businesses are ordered to stay closed, of course, the pastor believes, and rightly so, that they are an essential business. Look, I agree that churches are essential, don't get me wrong, but you also have to be safe and smart in the day and age of the coronavirus So anyhow, enough about that I will say there were other churches uh, Some other mega churches, Like in Lebanon, Ohio, and Louisiana A few other places uh, Actually holding services So um, look, this is it's it just got to stop uh, At this point for a while You can do it online, folks uh, Last time I checked Jesus can reach you in a church building He can also reach you uh, on the internet as well um, also, now I want to talk about another extreme. This is Bill de Blasio in New York. He's talking on Friday night. He talked about closing places of worship permanently over the weekend if they didn't obey, uh, in essence, the, the city's instructions to not congregate. And so the the mayor warned the Jewish community that synagogues that continue to defy the coronavirus regulations and hold services are going to be permanently shut down. That's right. I said the words permanently shut down. Those aren't my words. Those are his words. I want you to hear from him. He talks about churches and synagogues that basically the cops are coming in to break up the worship service. And if they don't listen to that, we're shutting down the building permanently. I kid you not. I kid you not. This is America today. This is the full full other extreme. Okay. We talked about uh, the churches and the stupidity and the guy in Tampa. Here's the other extreme, actually closing church buildings. If they're going to give me a break. Here's Bill de Blasio.
2: Another area, and it pains me to say this, and it's probably a pretty uh, limited phenomenon, but it has to be addressed. Um, I've spoken to religious leaders of all backgrounds, and I want to thank them. Uh, So many of our religious leaders have really taken the lead and said to their congregations, said to members of their faith communities that we have to act differently now. The vast majority of houses of worship have stopped their traditional worship service. If they could, they went online, they went on the radio, whatever they could do, but they've stopped gathering people, understanding the nature of the crisis. Uh, We've had extraordinary support uh, from the leaders of major Christian denominations. We've had extraordinary, uh, across the board, rabbinical support from all the different elements of the Jewish community, and the same is true of other faiths as well. A small number A small number of uh, religious communities, specific uh, churches, specific synagogues are unfortunately not paying attention to this guidance, even though it's been so widespread. So I want to say to all those who are preparing uh, the potential of religious services this weekend, if you go to your synagogue, if you go to your church and attempt to hold services after having been told so often not to, Uh, Our enforcement agents will have no choice but to shut down those services. I don't say that with any joy It's the last thing I would like to do because I understand how important people's faiths are to them And we need our faiths in this time of crisis, but we do not need gatherings that will endanger people no no faith tradition uh, endorses anything that endangers the members of that faith Uh, So the NYPD uh, fire department buildings department everyone has been instructed that if they see Worship services going uh, services going on Uh, They will go uh, To the officials of that congregation. They'll inform them. They need to stop the services and disperse if that does not happen They will take additional action up to the point of uh, Fines and potentially uh, closing the building permanently Again that will begin this weekend Again, I'm sorry to have to tell you this but anyone who's hearing this take it seriously. You've been warned You need to stop services, help people practice their faith in different ways, but not in groups, not in gatherings that could endanger people.
0: Well, there you have it. Bill de Blasio saying, hey, folks, look, uh, knock yourself out. uh, Enjoy your faith. But uh, yeah, we're going to shut your building down permanently. By the way, a quick update now that it's a few days later, because he said that on Friday afternoon, I'm taping this podcast on a Monday morning. Uh, And indeed, they did not have to do that over the weekend, apparently, uh, as de Blasio said uh, late Sunday night, that uh, apparently houses of uh, worship got the word and that it never came to fruition. But that's really not the point. I mean, we have something called the First Amendment in this country, and uh, there would be a whole lot of problems. Uh, with that, if that were actually going on. And that is bad PR for Bill de Blasio in New York. But then again, Bill de Blasio pretty much used to bad PR. So uh, it is what it is. By the way, number of states have religious exemptions carved out for these stay-at-home orders. So in other words, they're banning large gatherings, but they they don't ban uh, churches from getting together. And there's about oh a handful or so, uh, Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey, have religious exemptions: Delaware, uh, Ohio, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Mexico, West Virginia, Kansas. So uh, there are some states that say, "Look, uh, we're banning mass gatherings, but if you if you go to church, we're, we're not going to tell the churches what to do." And that's why it's in, it's really important that the churches do the right and smart thing. God gave you a brain, so it's time to use it. Back in a moment with Mike Dewine on the Pod's Honest Truth. And welcome back to The Pod's Honest Truth with David Brody. Time now for my conversation with Ohio Governor Mike DeWine. And by the way, let me just say, if you ever put Mike DeWine into a text message and start to, you know, type Mike DeWine, it changes it. Autocorrect. Thank you very much. It changes it to Mike the Wine. Uh, I just wanted you to know in case you ever had to type that into your uh, little text message box. Not that you would ever do that. Anyhow, I had a chance to speak to him a few days ago about the coronavirus uh, uh, pandemic. Uh, He was out in front of this early on. Uh, He started closing K-12 schools and a lot of other events before any other governor in America. So we talk about that, his faith, and exactly how he leads during a crisis like this. Here's Mike DeWine. Governor DeWine, thank you so much for joining us here at CBN and the 700 Club. Really appreciate this. Thank you. Let me ask you, look, you were out in front of this right from the very beginning, in front of the curve, really, in Ohio. Before there were any cases even detected, you were starting to implement a strategy. Why did you think you needed to do that back then before all of this got far worse?
3: You know, I have an amazing health director, uh, Dr. Amy Acton. And she started working on this and her team at the health department early on when they saw what was going on in, in China. Uh, so she kept me informed about this. And then we had a, uh, an event that was coming up in Ohio uh, early on that was the Arnold Classic uh, bodybuilding, but it also has many other things connected with it. And we had to really take a look at that and say, is that gonna work? Should we really do that or not? And we came to the conclusion that having 60,000 visitors uh, over a four-day period of time, the same people every day, about sixty thousand every day for four days in a fairly small area uh, from eighty countries, just really made no sense. Uh, and it was a tough decision, but we made the decision uh, to allow the athletes, but not to allow the spectators. And in hindsight, it certainly was a was a good idea. But that was uh, that was our first big decision that we made, and then we moved fairly quickly after that. Uh, The playing games at the NCAA are always in Dayton. We're very proud about that. Dayton is, and we love it. Uh, Then the next weekend was supposed to have been, uh, you know, the first round, and one of the first rounds was going to be in Cleveland. So we had to make a decision about those. And again, it didn't make any sense. What we said is they could play, but they could have no no spectators. So um, it sort of went on from there. But we made those decisions based on science, based on uh, what the best experts could tell us, who, who really said, look, you've you got to have this social distancing and you've got to do it early because if you wait too long, it's, it's, too, it's too late. And kind of the classic case is, is 1918, uh, Philadelphia and St. Louis. St. Louis got it right. Philadelphia was about two weeks behind mm-hmm. uh, and that was it their their fatalities were dramatically up in Philadelphia compared to St. Louis. They had a they had a parade and they kind of went on about their business. And uh, it, you, you pay a huge price for that in, in human life. Governor, what do you make of the uh, stimulus bill coming out of
0: Washington? Uh, you know this place pretty well. Uh, do you think it'll be enough? What's your sense?
3: Well, we're still trying to figure out exactly what's in it. Uh, you know, we're, we're certainly looking at this. I just got off the phone with uh, some county commissioners around Ohio. And, you know, we talked about some of that money going back to the local communities, but also some of that money going to the state. So we're still trying to unravel it, uh, but I'll guarantee you we'll be able to use the money. Uh, you know, if you look at... Uh, what we're facing in Ohio, we're facing in every other state and every other community, and that is, you know, revenues dramatically down because of the economy being uh, dramatically down. At the same time, you have that happening, you know, your social costs go up and your expenses go up. So we're in for a very, very tough time. I had a had a friend of mine tell me the other day who's been who's really a budget expert. He said, I don't think uh, I've in my lifetime. He's in his 60s. He said, "I don't think I've ever seen a governor face what you're going to face, and and I'm not alone. Governors across this country are facing the same thing."
0: Mm -hmm. I want to get to Ohio in a moment, but I want to ask you one national question about the president. How do you think he's handling this crisis?
3: Look, I think the president's doing a good job. We're we're on the phone with him today. Uh, He's communicated very well. Uh, The vice president, uh, who the president put really in charge of this, has just been phenomenal you know, we've asked them for different things. Uh, The first thing we asked them for is a waiver in regard to our schools, school lunches. We want to be able to feed kids even though they weren't physically in the school building. And they gave us the waiver to do that. So, you know, those are the type things that we really need uh, out of Washington. uh, Look, we're we're all dealing with the same problem. We do not have enough tests. Uh, We don't have the testing capacity, but that's you know, that's that's a nationwide problem. And uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's a real challenge. And of course, now what we're looking for is making sure as the surge comes, this wave comes at us, we know it's coming. Uh, to make sure that, you know, we do everything we can to build out our hospitals. We think we may have to double the size of our beds, number of our beds. Uh, at the same time, making sure our medical personnel have the personal protective gear that, that they really, really need to have. And so we've stopped all elective surgeries in Ohio, for example. We've asked the dentists to do the same things. We've even asked the veterinarians to do the same thing so we can save, and, and save some of this gear uh, for when we know we're going to really, really need it. I was going to ask you that,
0: how you plan to go and deal with this surge that is coming from a healthcare resource standpoint. You laid out a few things. Are there more situations as it relates to run, potentially running out of hospital beds and all of that? You did mention some of that.
3: Well, Ohio is a complex state. Uh, you know, it's not like we have one big city. Uh, we've got a, a number of, of, of very significant cities. Uh, we're almost a state of city states. And so we've got a lot of different regions. So, one of the challenges for us. Uh, as we work with our local hospitals is kind of do it regionally um, and making sure that somebody, no matter where they are in Ohio, uh, whether in the city or the most rural area, you know, if they get sick, uh, that the care is there for them. And then if they have to be transferred to a major hospital, uh, we need to make sure that that's, that's possible as well. So we're really focusing a lot on that. So it's you're, you're really doing two things at once. Uh, you're trying to keep mm-hmm. the social distancing to prolong this, make, push it out further away, so that we have time to actually do the build out and do all the work that that we need needs to be done uh, to get ready for the surge that's coming.
0: Governor, I, I know you have that stay at home order that. Uh, Uh, in place, at least, I think, through April 6th, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I am wondering about what you do specifically for those, and you've obviously had to deal with this in Ohio, those businesses and residents who are not obeying uh, by that stay-at-home order that you have sent. What's the repercussion, and how do you combat people that are are not playing along?
3: Well, we have 113 health departments in the state, uh, and they're the ones who are at the front line um, you know, we've had health departments who have gone out and, and closed places. Um, and so we've asked them, really, the businesses to do two things. One, only the essential businesses. If you are allowed to stay open, uh, we also, though, have a very specific list of health things that you need to do. You need to keep the distance. If you can't keep the distance, you can't be open. I mean we've got to do this uh, to slow this thing down. So we, the health departments have a checklist. If they go out, they can they can go through that very quickly. We, we simply want businesses to comply. We're not you know necessarily, if it's an essential business, we want them to be able to continue, but uh, we also need them to comply with the, the health orders.
0: There are certain states that have exempted religious gatherings uh, from this stay-at-home order, Ohio being one of them. Why did you feel the need to exempt religious gatherings exactly? And what's your message to people of faith uh, all across Ohio and really the country, Governor?
3: Well, I didn't think it was proper really for government to uh, infringe upon people's first amendment rights. Uh, but we've also been uh, quite candid with people and I've been candid with with uh, ministers and others. I've had conference calls with them and say, look, you know, you're not doing your folks any, any favors by bringing them together. Uh, and what I found is that churches have been very uh, uh, adaptable. Uh, my Lieutenant Governor, uh, John Houston, his wife, Tina, they tell me that the other day that their church, they, you know, they were live streaming it. Um, my wife uh, on Sunday took, uh, took a walk around our, our prairie that we have on our farm, and she was watching the, watching the service uh, from one of the Catholic churches here in, in, in Ohio, a live, a live service. So there there are things that churches are doing to adapt. Uh, I'm very proud of what they're doing, Uh, but it's just really important for us to keep that separation and that separation in church as well.
0: Governor, you're a father of eight, a grandfather of 24. Uh, You're a devout Catholic. I'm wondering about your faith and how it informs uh, what you're doing through this crisis and, and how you've relied on your faith during this crisis. Can you talk to me a little bit about that?
3: Sure. I mean, I think this is, if there's ever a time when you need to make decisions based on what you think are the best interest of people, it's, it's a crisis like this. And, um, you know, I think the essential function of government is to protect people. And, and so that's what my faith tells me. That's what my faith tells me, that, that every life is precious, uh, whether it's the unborn, uh, or after it's born, from basically from conception to natural death. And so this is a matter of life and death. We are dealing with people's lives and the decisions that I make will determine, to some extent, uh, you know, whether people are gonna live or not live. Uh, part of my message though has been, we can't do this alone. We're not doing this alone. We're doing that with you. We're doing this with, with every Ohioan and, and, and uh, in the case of the 700 Club, every American. And you know, what we do to separate ourselves, what we do to keep that distance will determine you know, how many of us make it through. And uh, I'm wearing this tie, uh, baseball season starting. Uh, I got a Reds tie on today, I have an Indians tie on tomorrow. Uh, but uh, to remind us that uh, there's good times ahead. We're gonna be playing baseball again. Uh, we're gonna be doing a lot of things in the future, but we gotta get through this and we gotta stay focused. And that's just my message, we gotta stay focused.
0: Is there any sense at all as to how long this could could last, I mean, you said we're going to get back to regular order at some point. I know it's hard to predict, but what what is your best either guess or what are you hearing from the experts?
3: Well, what Dr. Acton tells me based upon all the information she can gather, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, is that we should peak in Ohio around May one, mm-hmm. so we've got to come down from that. If we peak there on may one, we've got to come down from that so we've got. You know, we got a tough month ahead of us. Um, And again, we can impact how tough that month is by how good a job we do of separating ourselves. I have to tell you, as I did some research before
0: our interview, I know one of your favorite books is For Every Idle Silence, uh, written by Henry Hyde. It deals with abortion and and other issues. But one quote that you talk about in that book, and this is your quote, you say, we are judged not just by what we do, but we are also judged by what we fail to do, and I thought you would maybe have an opportunity here to expand on that. Sounds very poignant, especially for these times.
3: Well, first of all, Henry Hyde, I served with him in the U.S. House. He was one of my heroes. Uh, you know, author of the Hyde Amendment, and someone who who cared passionately about the unborn, and and, and he, he got. I think he generally got things right. Uh, and so I think we are judged by um, you know what we do, but also what we don't do. And uh, you know, my advice uh, when I'm giving. Graduation speeches to young people is uh, you'll be plagued by what you don't do more than what you do, and, and so be bold, uh, stand up, don't don't shrink back, uh, speak up if you see injustice, and you know do what you think is is right. Don't be timid about it because you'll be sorry if 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 you if you are timid. At least that's been my personal experiences when I've held back, uh, when I'm not done what I should have done. Uh, I've been sorry about it. Last couple of questions before we go. Your advice
0: to, to folks dealing with a crisis like you're dealing with now, whether it be to other governors, not that you want to give advice to other governors, but what has been your advice to yourself as to how you handle a crisis in terms of management skills and, and, and how best to be effective in that area?
3: Well, I've had a, about a 40-year career in public service. <laughs> yeah. um, and the mistakes, the mistakes that I've made as I look back when I've gotten things wrong... Uh, it's usually been because I didn't ask enough questions, I didn't dig deep enough, I, I didn't uh, consult enough people, maybe didn't consult the right people. Uh, so m- my attitude throughout this has been, let's get the facts. I keep asking questions. I, I try to find everybody that anybody that, who knows anything about this and try to learn from them and then base, base my decisions on that. The other thing I've learned in, in, throughout life is that uh, if I didn't trust, when I don't trust my gut, when other people are going one way and I think, well, I probably ought to go this way, and then I end up going with them, uh, you know, I'm, I'm usually wrong. Uh, so I've, I've learned to trust my gut. And my instinct throughout this has been, and this is based on what, the, you know, the experts have told me, but my gut has been, we're not moving fast enough. We just got to move faster. And so that's, that's my message to my team every day. We got to move faster. Uh, as uh, John Wayne said uh, in one of his movies, we're burning daylight. Uh, we're burning daylight and we're running out of time, and we got to get this right and we got to move quick. And my final question to you, Governor
0: you have been in public life a long time. Is this the hardest problem that you've had to face in all of your <clears throat> public life experience?
3: Yeah, I think it probably is. Um, you know, when you're in the Senate, um, as I was, or in the U.S. House, you're, you're one vote um, one out of 100 in the Senate, one out of 44 and 35 in the House. But as governor, you're at uh, you got a, good, a lot of good team members, but ultimately you make the decision. And each one of these cases, I've made the decision based upon the best advice I could get. But ultimately, it was my decision. So, yeah, this is, uh, uh, this is uh, buck stops with me. Governor Mike DeWine, praying blessings for
0: you. Stay safe. Fran, the kids, the grandkids, everybody out there over there in Ohio.
3: Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me.
0: That is Mike DeWine on The Pod's Honest Truth. Really appreciate the governor for uh, joining me for that interview. He's a very busy man. And so to take some time to uh, discuss that with uh, the whole situation on coronavirus with me, I do truly appreciate. Uh, He talked about uh, having to move faster. That's his gut. That's what his gut tells him. Uh, I would agree with that. Uh, And, you know, by the way, he says faster. And here's what we shouldn't do. Be dumber, okay? Okay. As I said at the top of the podcast, there are some churches that are um, still meeting, uh, and it just does not make sense. And you know, there was a BuzzFeed, take it for what it's worth, it's BuzzFeed, uh, but it was a poll that they they did, and and the poll shows that nearly a fifth of religious Americans say they are still attending services despite the coronavirus pandemic. That's about 17% or so said they're still attending worship services in person, please, I beg you, let's shut it down, folks. Get a computer and watch it online. There's no reason to be in a building. You can hear God's word online. You can hear it in a building. Yes, either way. But right now, let's not do the either way option, shall we? Let's go online, be smart, and we'll take it from there. One day at a time during this coronavirus pandemic. I'm David Brody. The pod's honest truth. Until next time, everybody. Thank you.